You are listening to the audio portion of the QB Power Hour webinar series. The QB Power Hour is a free bi-weekly webinar series for accounting professionals presented by Michelle Long and Dan DeLong, who are very passionate about the industry, QuickBooks, and apps that integrate with QuickBooks. You can find out all the details about the webinar series at qbpowerhour.com. So without further ado, here's Michelle and Dan. Welcome, everybody, to another QB Power Hour. Today's topic is Save Time with Accountant Tools. Uh, my name is Michelle Long, and uh, I am a CPA, have my own practice, Long for Success, author of five different books. You can check those out online or on Amazon, as well as we just updated the QBO practice set. So if you want more practice with QuickBooks Online, go check it out on Amazon. We updated that a few months ago earlier this year, so you can check that out. There's a link to the Facebook group that I just mentioned. We'd love to have you guys join us out there on Facebook. It's very active. Um, there's also a LinkedIn group as well. So we'd love to have you join us at either one of those. Um, and Dan, do you want to go ahead and introduce yourself? Yeah. Hey, everybody. Uh, my name is Dan DeLong. I'm the owner of uh, DanWith. I'm a former Intuit technical support trainer, um, really proficient in all things in the QuickBooks ecosystem and services. Uh, right now, I'm just a uh, on my own and we're our, our goal is to transform businesses through technology and uh, so I'm really pleased and happy to, to be joining Michelle every other week here to to help out with that all right wonderful thank you Dan and Dan is great partner I really enjoy having him and uh, glad that he's part of this with us as well. So a couple of details about QB Power Hour for some of you that might be new joining us. We do QB Power Hours every other Thursday for the most part. Sometimes we take a Thursday off like around Thanksgiving or Christmas or QuickBooks Connect or other things that might get in the way, but for the most part, it's every other Thursday. Our topics are not just QuickBooks tips, but also you know things that are what's new and troubleshooting with QuickBooks, but we also will be covering marketing, value pricing, third-party apps, and more. Um, topics to help our accounting professionals succeed in their business. And we've now started doing some things, which Dan came up with the name, and I love it, niche nuances, um, or niche, depending on where you're at. It's like tomato or tomato niche or niche. Exactly. <laughs> um, but thank you, Dan, for uh, doing one last week on construct. Oh, wait, what was last week? Uh, two weeks ago. Construction? Okay. Yeah, it was yeah, construction. So, very good. So thank you. And then here's the links. And so you guys can go ahead and bookmark these so you always have them. But the, the first one is for the PDF of all the slides for the year. Um, so we put those in there. So if you miss a webinar and you go back and you watch it on YouTube, you can also go back and get the handouts as well. Go ahead and subscribe to my YouTube channel when you're there, and you'll get an email when the recordings have been uploaded. And yes, I need to get all these past few recordings uploaded. Um, I will work on getting that done, if not this afternoon, tomorrow. So um, I will. that's one of my priorities to get those updated for you all. So I'll get that out there as well. So uh, our agenda for today, so this is where, you know, Dan, we were trying to talk about what could we do in QuickBooks this time, and Dan came up with the idea of the accountant tools, and um, it really hit home because I was telling Dan, I was just presenting a few weeks ago doing the course cert, and we were down in Texas and all this. Anyway, one of the certifications, or several of them actually, I would ask the attendees, how many of you use reclassified transactions? And I was amazed how many accounting professionals did not know about the reclassified transactions. And so when Dan said, let's do the accountant tools, I thought that was a great idea. So what we're going to talk about, I'm going to cover and demo some of these reclassified transactions, write-off invoices, and undo the bank rec. All of these are in QBO as well as QB Desktop. And then Dan's going to cover um, in QB Desktop how to log in as the external accountant user to access it in the client's QuickBooks, as well as some of the details on the client data review tools. There's like 13, I think, if I remember right. So Dan's going to cover some of those. Um, and some of them he might just mention. Um, so anyway, we're going to be covering both QuickBooks Online and QuickBooks Desktop. So first of all, the reclassified transactions tool, and this is the one I was shocked that people didn't know that it was out there yet. And let me go ahead and just add, uh, launch our first poll question. Um, I'm going to ask this one. 
do you use the reclassify transactions tool either in QuickBooks desktop or QuickBooks online or both um, because like I said I was shocked when I would ask this group of people and we had I don't know 75 to 100 people in these these training events and less than five people and one of them raised their hand that they've used this tool and the desktop version of reclassified transactions has been out for not 10 years it came A out decade. in 2009 <laughs> it's crazy isn't it and I was telling Dan I was part of the team that helped create the reclassified transactions tool so of course I love it and I'm just shocked that some people still have not used it um, yeah, it, it happens go to ahead the, and share your story. Yeah, it happens to the best of us, right? Um, yeah. I was, tell, I was telling Michelle, um, when QB Online Accountant uh, first came out and I was on the pilot team of support, um, I was uh, my, my son's Cub Scout master and we were using QuickBooks Online to, to track the, the finances of the, of the, the, of the pack. And um, I had forgotten to you know, assign a class to to all of these sales receipts for like popcorn sales or something like that. <laughs> and I was going through them one by one, reclassifying, you know, adding in the class. And about after about the fifth one, I was like, man, it'd be awesome if we had a, oh my gosh, we do have a tool <laughs> to do this. And I went in and fixed it and it was just, it saved me a lot of time, but I even forgot about it. <laughs> yep. <laughs> All right, I went ahead and closed the poll. 73% of you said, yes, I love it. 24% said, no, I didn't know about it. So you guys are in for a treat because you're going to learn more about this reclassified transactions tool. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to go ahead and just pop into QuickBooks and uh, show it to you and explain it as I'm showing it to you. So I'm in the sample company, Craig's Design and Landscape. You all can go in to the sample company and play with the accountant's toolbox and play with this tool as well. But in order to get to this, you log in to QuickBooks Online Accountant, and when you're on your client dashboard in QBOA, on the far right column, if you click on the gear in the far right column over there, you'll see where it says sample company. Because if you just go in through the QBO test drive, you won't have the accountant tools. So if you want to play with this, you need to go into QBO A and click on the, the gear and in the far right column, click on sample company. So under the QBO A, when you've got your accountant tools, because um, the client doesn't have this. Goodness gracious, they make enough mistakes without something that can allow them to change a whole bunch of things at once. So under the accountant toolbox, you're going to see reclassified transactions. Now, this has recently been updated to give it a new look and feel, and it's better, and it aligns some of the some of the boxes were not aligned properly, so it has been improved lately. Um, so just to remind some of you or, and re tell some of you that don't know about it, you can look at accounts for either the P&L or the balance sheet. So you can choose which accounts you want to look at, which basis, and which period of time are you looking at. Um, because usually we're looking at it through year end, but you know this is a sample company, so we don't have anything out there. So if I just type an R, oops, what did I do there? That was not good. Type an R and it will pull me to the end of the year. I can put in for the whole year because usually we're reviewing stuff. Usually it's at the beginning of the year doing last year's getting it ready for taxes. But I encourage you to do this maybe on a quarterly basis with, with your clients. And what you're going to do, and I'm going to scroll down here to some of the expense accounts. You're going to scroll through and you're going to be looking for things that are misclassified. Because we told the, the engineers and the programmers, we told them a year in, what we have to do is we look through a detailed P&L or a detailed balance sheet. We look through all the transactions looking for things that are posted to the wrong account. They're misclassified. We need to move them to the right account. So what we're doing is we're reviewing them by clicking on the account over here, and we're taking a look and seeing if things look correct or not. So, for example, let's say fuel now, I've got, I don't know, five or six of them here. Let's pretend that instead of being a fuel account, it should have been an automobile. So what you can do is you can select all of them or just individual ones. And then when you click reclassify, I want you to notice what's going to happen. So look over here. Notice automobile is one almost $114. Okay, so automobile is $114 and um, fuel is $349. 
watch what happens with one little click of my mouse. Are you watching? You ready? Here we go. Bam. The anticipation. Oh, <laughs> they changed <laughs> it. I forgot. Yeah. Automobile. All right. Now, here comes the click. You ready? <laughs> one, two, three. Bam. It moves all of them over to automobile. Notice now fuel is gone and it's all in automobile. Remember that was about 114 before. So you can reclassify. I did six there. We don't have a whole lot of activity in the sample company, but imagine if you had 20, 30, 50 uh, you know, transactions in the wrong account, instead of like Dan said, double click on it, open it up, save and close, double click, open, save and close. You can reclassify them in one fell swoop. So if I go over here to automobile, now you'll see we've got more transactions out here. What I usually recommend that people do is sort them maybe by name, either by customer name or vendor name or whatever it is. So you can put all of those together. So like if I wanted to do the chins gas and put all them back over to fuel, you can select them all. Once you sort them and put them together, it will make it easier to find those that are misclassified and put them back into the right account. All right, so let's put it back into fuel and move it. Bam, one click and it moves them all back there. It captures that on the audit log. Um, here's automobiles. So you can see we're back to 114 and the 349. So it does show on the audit log. It will show you. Well, let me just show you that really quickly because that's important too. In the audit log, you can see, uh, let's filter for today. And we want to see all the transactions. So in here, you'll be able to see. Oh my goodness, where's all, everything in here is Craig. I want to find those that I just did. All right, here we go. Edited Shins Gas. So if I click View, so I'm going to click to compare, and this will show me what it was before and what it is after. Show the changes only, and you can see the account changed. This is the last one I did from automobile back over to fuel. Um, so you can see that quick and easy. Um, so I absolutely love that. Now, if I had to, or if I wanted to assign a class to transactions or change the class, like let's say like Dan was you know, doing the popcorn sales or whatever, let's say you needed to move things from class A to class B, you can also change the class. So if I went in and selected a bunch of transactions, so let's just say I choose these, when I say reclassify, if I had classes turned on, instead of saying change the account to, you would also see, you'll see two options, change the account and change the class. So you could choose which class you wanted to change it to as well. Now notice this doesn't include locations. And everything I'm talking about here is the same in QB Desktop. You can do these things in Desktop as well, okay? So um, somebody wanted to know how did I get to the audit log? Under this big gear up here on the top, uh, the big gear under audit log. And here's a funny story, not this time, but once time before when I was in Dallas um, training, some gentleman came up to me on the break and he puts his arm around me and he says, "Hun, you're in Dallas now and that there's a wagon wheel. <laughs> I said, oh, okay, you can call it a wagon wheel. Up in Canada, they told me they call it a cog or a sprocket. And I tell people you can call it whatever you want, but in the training materials and on the certification test, that's the gear. And we usually call it the big gear because on the top of your list, you have a little gear or the grid gear down here. Okay, so anyway, that's how you got into the audit log. Now, we also had some questions about which transactions can you, um, does it show? And so this is where I was going to show you, and I don't see it now. Let me go into some of my income. I'm not seeing the dots in this new reclassified yeah, one. The, for the items and things that can't be reclassified. Yeah, I think it just uh, it just doesn't even show the, the transactions that, that can't be classified reclassified. Okay. Yeah, they used to give us like a red, yellow, and green. And so for some of the things that can't be reclassified, like let's say I'm, I'm on an invoice, and it was using an item. When it's got items involved, you can't do the reclassify tool for the items. You can go into the items list and change. Oh, somebody's telling me it's on the balance sheet accounts. Thank you. But I still don't see it on this new, on the new one. I'm still not seeing the, the 
red, green, and yellow dots, but items can't be reclassified. Also, Dan, correct me, because I, I may have forgotten or misremembered this or whatever. It seems like the source account can't be changed. So, like, let's say I wrote a bunch of checks um, out of my savings account, and the checks should have been through the checking account. You can't change the source account. Is that right. correct, Dan? Yeah, that's still the case. Um, you can do that in desktop, though. Um, it does allow you to do that. The um, the other thing is, is payroll transactions. Those are specific, you know, types of transactions, and those aren't going to allow you to to reclassify anything about those. <laughs> that would be a right. general entry. <laughs> yeah. Um, okay. And somebody asked, how do you select them? Right in front of the transaction, you see the box right here where you can select them. Okay, so you could click on that. So, and. Um, Somebody says the item reclass would be great. Do you see it coming soon? Um, no, probably not. But if you want to change your items and what account they are mapped to, you can go into your product or services list or your items list and change it there. It will change it moving forward on any transactions from today forward. It doesn't change. Wait, now I'm confused, Dan, because it does yeah, on some of them. Yeah, you'll get the option when you change an account on an item to affect all historical transactions That's or just right. from that day forward. Desktop has the ability to choose a date in between. So you can say the first of the year, for example. I see that being rolled into, into QuickBooks Online um, as an option. It just wouldn't be part of the reclassify tool because it's right. you're dealing with another list um, that's uh, that's got other lists attached to it. So it's almost like a third dimension <laughs> that you're trying to do. It's not just two dimensional like the I you know the expense accounts directly on on a transaction on an expense transaction. That's right. Thank you. Thank you, Dan, for clarifying that. So what I did is I went in and I edited an item. I change the account because you don't see this until you actually change an account on that item. Once you do that, then you'll see also update this in historical transactions. But you have to be careful because it doesn't look at the closed period. Like Dan was saying, in desktop, you can say as of January 1st, 2019, update from then forward. You can't specify a date. So when I check this right here, it's going to update everything, all of those historical transactions, including closed periods or years. So that's something to be aware of, too. Um, so hopefully that helped a lot. And um, so, yeah, and, and I wish that they would up update that. Like Dan said, I hope that comes soon. Um, okay, so let me now show you. So that was reclassified transactions. It is in desktop as well. Um, and Dan's going to be demoing some desktop stuff in a little bit. But let's also talk about this write-off invoices tool. And this is covered, what I'm going to tell you in write-off invoices, it's covered in the advanced certification training. I think it's module three under special transactions or uh, special processes. You might check it out out there. But when you go in and you want to write off invoices, you can say that you want to write them off as of a certain date and let's say less than $500. So usually your date might be through year end. I just went ahead and put today in here. So you choose how old of an uh, invoice are you looking for and less than what amount that you want to write off. You could just select all of these. It's going to show you here's all the invoices that need to be written off. You say preview and write it off. You can take a look at them and say, yep, okay, write it off. When you click write off, this then is going to create a discount on the invoice to make the invoice zero. So it's going to be the date of the invoice, so you can't control your date. And when it does a discount on the invoice, it's not adjusting sales tax payable. So if you have invoices that are old from a closed period or a prior year, or you have invoices with sales tax on them, what I recommend you do, use this list to find the invoices that need to be written off. So like, let's say Freeman Sporting's Goods. I might click on it to see the details of that transaction. And there it comes. It's just kind of slow reacting to my clicking today. So I can see I have some items that are taxable out here for this invoice. So I don't just want to write it off like normal. So what I would do is I would have, so here we have this invoice that we need to write off. I would go into another tab because remember, we can have multiple windows open by using tabbed browsing. I didn't mean to click on invoice. 
I meant to click on credit memo. So what I would do is I would have the invoice open on one window and let's pull this out and slam it over there. So I've got the invoice on one screen. Now mine's little because I have it on just one monitor here. Um, you have the invoice that needs to be written off and then you have a credit memo because this allows us to control the date of the write-off. If you want to do this as of 1231, you can control the date of the write-off. And then down here, I don't think we have it set up in this, sam this sample company, but you would have a bad debt bad debt taxable and a bad debt non-taxable. So you can write those things off and that way it will adjust the sales tax payable for you. Okay, so it will help adjust the sales tax payable in that situation. So pull that out, do your tabs browsing um, and use that list to identify which ones should be written off, but then actually go in and do a credit memo. And that is in, um, QB Desktop as well. There's also a write-off invoices there as well. Yeah, the big, um, thing about, the big thing about that is the date too. Yeah. That, um, you know, if you if it's in the last, you know, especially if it's in a closed period, the the writing off of uh, invoices in in online is going to affect that date that the invoice happened. So doing the credit memo allows you to be a little bit more um, in control of when those things are, are impacted. Right, very good. Somehow, I lost all the rest of my slides. I only go to slide six here. So that's okay though, because we were getting ready to pass it to Dan, and I don't know what I did, but I will have to go find that. Um, the other one that I was gonna talk to you about is undoing the bank rec. Um, you can undo the bank rec in QBO. Let me just pop in QBO and show you that. And then we'll let Dan take over and um, I will see if I can find out what I did with the slides. Uh -oh. So un, under um, reconcile, and there was a screenshot in there. Um, when you go in and you're reconciling your bank accounts, and let's see, hopefully, well, I don't think any of these have already been reconciled. Let me look. No. All right, well, let me just tell you, and um, you've got this in both desktop and online. Under When you're viewing the reconciliations here, you'll see the history of all the reconciliations you've done. You go over to the oldest one over here and you click on that drop down list and you say un, unreconcile, undo. And it will undo the reconciliations, all of them in one fell swoop. So if, let's say you go back 10 months, you click undo and it will undo all 10 months of them uh, for you. Now, Dan, in QuickBooks Desktop, you used to have to do them one at a time. Is that still the case? Um, no, if you choose, um, if you choose one, you know, from a, from a while ago, well, yes, you do need to kind of peel back the, the layer, uh, but you, and that was an advantage of, of QuickBooks Online, now, now that you do mention that, yes, so you do have to do them just one at a time. Yeah, that's what I thought. So that's one of the things I like about QBO. But again, that's one of the reasons why um, we don't let the client do this. Like the client cannot undo the bank rec <laughs> because they can undo all of their bank recs in one little click. <laughs> um, so anyway, so Dan, I'm going to go ahead and launch a poll question again okay. and ask you all, which version of QuickBooks do you primarily use? Are you using QBO, QuickBooks Online, Desktop, both? another accounting software, or which one are you using? So kind of let us know where you are on that. And then Dan is going to take over on the desktop stuff and demo stuff for you as well. Um, and somebody pointed out, uh, and this is great, in QuickBooks Desktop, when you have the invoice open, there's actually a little link at the top that you can click on to create a credit memo from the invoice itself. And Christy, thank you for sharing that. Um, yes, that is there in desktop and it's not there in QBO. Um, so we're covering some of this different, you know, some of the differences here for you. Somebody wants to know how to do tabbed browsing. I will put a link to you in just a minute. Uh, I'll put a link in there to watch that for you in just a minute. Um, Okay, so uh, let's see. I'm going to go ahead and end this polling question here, and I'll share the results with you because it's kind of interesting. So a third of you are on QBO, 24% desktop, 43% are on both. Oh, good, Dan. Look, we have nobody using other stuff. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> Since it is QB 
power hour. That makes right? a lot of sense, doesn't it? It does. It does. <laughs> All right, Dad, go ahead now. Um, we can see your screen. Okay. So we yeah. can, and actually, okay, we can see the slides now. So thank you. Okay. Yeah. So I wanted to talk about the you know the accounting tools in in QuickBooks Desktop. Um, and, I, and I wanted to talk a little bit first about this whole concept of the external accountant. And um, because when this screen comes up, typically um, it's been my, my, uh, my experience, either you disregard this message and just say no, or you mark, the, you know, put the check mark of don't show this again. And that's the last you, you see of it because it's always a, a, a nuisance message when it comes up in, in one of your client's files. But, the external accountant is um, is a user type. You know, it's a defined user type. Um, it allows you as a as an accountant or, or bookkeeping professional to separate yourself from the admin. A lot of people like to log in as the as the admin itself, but in the audit trail, you're gonna uh, anything that you do as a as the external accountant user is going to be separated from the admin. So when it comes back comes to well, who made this change? Um, if you're logged in as the admin, you're never going to see that as far as who made that change and be able to um, you know, specify that. Um, one thing that really appeals to me about the external accountant is that you can utilize a lot of these tools on your clients who are not on the accountant edition, right? So um, if, if your situation is such that you send uh, they send the file to you or you're using the uh, accounts copy uh, process. Um, that's that's not what we're talking about here. This is when you're logged into their computer or you're at their location and they're using Pro or Premier, uh, some version of, of QuickBooks that doesn't have these client data review tools already in it. If you're set up as the external accountant, you can now access these a lot of these tools right at your client's location without you know taking their data and put it in putting it in your accountant edition um, so setting yourself up as the account uh, external accountant will allow you to access those you do need to be able to have a pro advisor desktop membership and then it's going to ask you to sign in to be able to access these tools eventually but setting yourself up as the external accountant uh, is is the best way to go you almost have full admin rights to be able to uh, when you're logged in as the accountant um, so you know changing company preferences um, those types of things you, you can have your own login so it's 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 allowing you to be separate and still have the access to the tools let's see next and you know dan i just might add that you know that i i love that feature and that was from you know a lot of people requesting hey you know i'm not always using the QuickBooks Desktop Accountant Edition, sometimes I'm using my client because we're logging in remotely or maybe you're on site at the client. And so Intuit listened to our feedback and they made that available for us. So I think that's awesome. And somebody else was just asking about something. And so and I, I answered in there how to submit feedback to Intuit because they really do listen. Um, so you click the gear and send feedback to let them know some of that stuff. Yeah. Now the, the client data review tools itself, um, this, this was some of those things that uh, I ended up, you know, in the, in the accountant support team, I ended up explaining these things more so than guiding people to use them. Because again, you know, like you were saying, a lot of people just didn't even know they existed. Um, but the client data review itself, it allows you to provide a moment in time uh, without closing the books. So if, you're, if your engagement with your client is such that you, are, um, you review their books on a regular basis, um, maybe it's monthly or quarterly, uh, maybe even annually, um, it, it allows you to provide that moment in time and then it kind of puts a, a, puts a bow on things. And then when they, next time that it comes time to review their, their data uh, or their books, then you can now see what changed a lot faster than you know some of the other ways of, of you know doing reports and, and things of that nature. So it gives you uh, tools to see what changed and also tools to to fix. And this is not moving on me, so I gotta 
advance my slide uh, this way here. So I got a view. So I can At least see you have there. your slides. I don't know what happened to mine. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. So the first tool that I want to talk about is troubleshooting account balances and, and lists. Uh, so I'm just going to move this out of the way here. So when we go into the client data review, which is under the accountant menu, um, when you pop in, I'm just in the sample company. So of course the dates in the future. So uh, things just bear that in mind. So we're not a time traveler. <laughs> um, troubleshooting a, a prior account balances. So this is one of those things where it puts that moment in time and it takes a lot of guesswork, what did the client do when I wasn't looking? You know, I just turned around for a second. How did this balance get all out of whack, right? <laughs> so, it's amazing how they do that, right? <laughs> right. So when you when you finish a, a review, it, it will put a, a, a moment in time and uh, it will, the troubleshooting account balances will show you the balances from the from that date that you did the uh, the review then it will have the, the balances in the client's file. And then if there is a difference, it will give you the, the, the debit or credit difference with a, with a way to quick zoom on it to find out what transactions were part of that. So um, it brings up just the transactions that were, that were modified during that, you know, not, not say a close period, but just showing um, during, that, during that time after the review was done. So, um, you know, in terms of other things that, that are in QuickBooks, though, like uh, the, the rec, uh, reconcile, or I can say it, the reconcile discrepancy report, where it just itemizes out the things that have changed since that last reconciliation. Same thing here in troubleshooting the prior account balances. And then also the tool, another tool is the um, reviewing list changes. So um, chart of accounts, items, fixed assets, and payroll items, if any of those had changed since you did your last review, that will be itemized here. So in this case, the, um, the items, this particular item was changed, the, the parent was, was changed. So somebody made it a sub item of, of itself. So anytime that it was a, something was added, uh, deleted or merged, uh, that's going to itemize that that out for you and make things a lot easier. Since uh, the way I kind of explained, uh, sometimes you come to a client's books and you feel like that uh, police officer who's now in a in an intersection, wondering, okay, how did that car get up in the tree, <laughs> right? And you have to do a lot of detective work. This takes a lot of that detective work out for you and, and gives you those clues so you can figure these things out a lot a lot faster. Now let's see our next thing is so Dan, Dan yeah. mm -hmm. before you move on, so first of all we got a lot of people that are excited about this and they're like, oh great, and awesome and stuff. Um so that's good. But I have a couple of questions for you. Um yeah. so when they're logging in as the external accountant user to access these tools in the client's QuickBooks, they mm -hmm. have to have a, a desktop ProAdvisor membership, right? Not just QBO right. ProAdvisor? Mm -hmm. Okay, yes. and now uh, what's available in Enterprise? Because I think these are in Enterprise, aren't they? Yeah, so the client data review tools is, is already in uh, Enterprise so that you don't have to be, uh, be a, a, an accountant user to, to, to use these tools. Okay, great. Thank you. All right. So, oh, wait, wait, wait. No, I think I had no. one more. Mm -hmm. Nope, I got it. Never mind. Sorry. <laughs> Carry on. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Now, there's a lot of tools that are designed to fix for um, in the in the client data review. And, and Michelle told, uh, talked about a couple of them about reclassifying transactions and writing off invoices. Those tools are there in uh, in the desktop client data review as well. And they're accessible um, not just by going into the client data review, but also in just the accountant menu itself, when you hover over client data review, you have some of these tools right there as well. Uh, so I wanted to itemize or um, just kind of look at some of the things that are desktop focused in the client data review tools. Uh, this 
fix unapplied customer payments and credits and fix unapplied vendor payments and credits um, is, uh, is a lifesaver for a lot of folks. Uh, what this does is it allows you to, just like it says, <laughs> fix things that were entered in incorrectly. So when you have a, uh, a client who received a payment um, and then, but never applied it to, to an invoice um, or, um, or, you know, something along those lines where they, you know, just didn't connect the dots between their invoices and payments or bills and bill payments. They wrote a check to the vendor, for example, um, and then put it to uh, an expense account. This will allow them to, to connect those two. So um, you would just select, uh, so here's, here's an example. So this one has a check, we look at the check. Okay, it's set to utilities. And then he has a bill also, that's more than likely set to utilities as well. So we've got overstated <coughs> expenses. Uh, just in this scenario. So this will allow us um, to just check these two and then apply them. I'm just uh, trying to double check the date here and who it's to. When we save it, what it does then is it automatically then applies the, the payment to the bill and it uh, changes the, the expense account that was on the check. So it doesn't undo your reconciliations. It doesn't change anything about that, but it just applies the, um, now it's just going through accounts payable instead of both of those transactions impacting the expense account. Um, so it does that for uh, customers as well as, as vendors. So um, if you had that type of situation with a payment and an invoice or it's, um, you know, a deposit and an invoice, <clears throat> that's going to not go through accounts receivable, but now you're double stating your income. This will allow you to do the same thing there. Okay, Dan. Mm -hmm. Okay, so we have several different questions. Sure. What if there's no matching payment for the bill? Mm -hmm. As long as it's got the name on it, uh, then, and it's not applied, it will, it should show up. Okay, so, even if the amounts were not the same, in your example, the amounts were different. Right, right. So it just needs and that, to have see, the and that's name where you can match partial payments. You can, you know, if you made partial payments on a bill, you can match that to the bill. Right. Yeah, I mean, there's lots showing of... all the open transactions, right, for that name, like you said. Right, right. It shows you, um, you know, checks. Um, this, as long as that name is on it, then it will, they'll, they'll show up. Um, and that it's looking for that particular type of transaction. So a check, um, because a, a, a bill payment check is going to have is a specific kind of check. So it's a, it's a check, but it's a specific kind. So um, it's going to be looking for checks that are written, you know, specifically to, you know, patent hardware that, um, that aren't bill payment checks. Um, so if that, if it was a bill payment check, if you see a bill payment check in here, then it's just a matter of it's not applied to something. So it'll still, it'll just have an open balance on that particular transaction and then you can apply it. Um, and so we're getting questions about how do we do this in QBO? So in QBO, you open the check that should have been a bill payment check. All mm -hmm. you have to do is then um, change it to apply it to that bill. When you open the check, Usually on the right-hand side, if there's an open yeah. bill, it will slide out um, mm -hmm. in that drawer, and all you have to do is click to apply it to that bill, and it automatically changes it from a check to a bill payment. Right. Yeah, so it, as long it, as the name is in use, as long as the vendor name is the same, then any bill that's unapplied will, will show up on that right drawer that, that, that expand, expands over, and then you can... Uh, apply it, add it to the bill, and then immediately changes it. Exactly. And then somebody wants to know, can you do that with payroll tax liability payments as well? There is no. <laughs> Short answer is no. <laughs> yeah. uh, there is a there is a, a tool here in the, uh, so this is like an honorable mention tool in, in the client data review. Uh, down here is their, it's find incorrectly paid liabilities. So this will allow you to 
easily find those checks that are written to it and then be able to correct it. Um, and there's a there's a good workflow about correcting them, you know, through the pay liabilities and then offsetting the expenses. So you're creating a zero dollar liability check um, to be able to do that. But because it's a specific payroll transaction, it can't fix it uh, automatically with this with the tool. But it will allow you to find them a lot faster. So it's going to be looking for checks that are written to the um, the vendors in uh, in that you would normally pay your liabilities to. Uh, to be able to find those transactions faster. Okay, and back on the um, cleaning up the payments, uh, what if mm -hmm. you have a journal entry, how does that apply? If you have a journal entry, as long as it is the top line, you know, the accounts payable or accounts receivable is, is, that, is on the top line, then it, it should function just like any other type of transaction to, where you can apply the two. Sometimes you'll have a, a multi-line journal entry and accounts receivable or payable is, is somewhere buried in there. Um, this, is, this gets into a source and target um, when we're talking about that sort of thing. So it has to be the, the top line, which is the, the source line of the transaction to have that functionality that we would normally want to see with uh, accounts receivable or payable types of transactions. All right, then there's another one that's awesome, and I lost it because I scrolled. Where'd it go? Uh, clearing up undeposited funds. This functions essentially the same way as um, as applying uh, payments to, to invoices and bill payments to, to bills, uh, but this is just going through the undeposited funds account. So. Oftentimes, especially when you have a client who connects bank feeds, um, you know, they see do downloaded transactions. This is deposit. Oh, I'll just put it right to uh, a sales or income account. So in this case, uh, this is going to construction income. Um, but they're breaking the workflow of invoice leading to payments, leading to deposits. So um, same thing here. We have a payment. Uh, it's going to sit in undeposited funds for all, all eternity until it gets deposited, but there already is a deposit that's in there. Uh, typically, what you'd have to do in the past is open up that deposit, change the, you know, remove the, the, the sales revenue uh, line off of it, and then apply the payment. So here you can do the exact same thing where you just check the two and apply it. Once you save it, it does that for you doesn't impact anything with the reconciliations again, um, and it corrects your, your overstating. So it's, it's just a great tool to be able to fix a lot of um, clients' um, bad work, I guess is the best way to say it. They, they mean well, right? I mean, they, it, it is a deposit and it is income, but that's kind of superseding all of the other things that they're doing and making more work for yourself. Then um, the next one I want to go into is the fix sales tax payments. Um, again, this is an easy uh, an easy tool. Um, when you're using sales tax, again, uh, tax payments uh, is a special kind of check inside of QuickBooks, a special kind of transaction type. So it has design functionality tied to it. A check written to the State Board of Equalization that goes to sales tax payable does not have the same impact or functionality as a tax payment that is doing the same thing. So in this case, we had a couple checks that were written to the State Board of Equalization um, and they should be tax payments. So in order to have the same functionality, um, they need to be tax payments. And normally that involves you know, deleting this transaction, uh, the check transaction, which now, if it's been reconciled, now changes the reconciliation. You have to do a mini reconciliation in order to re-reconcile that transaction um, and then recreate the transaction as a tax payment and then go re-reconcile it again. This will do all of that in just one fell swoop. So uh, once it's found, um, it, it tells you here, this will void the regular check and replace them with sales tax checks. The check number, the date, the cleared status is going to be retained and it will go right to sales tax payable. So just voiding and replacing and that's it. You're done. 
<laughs> um, so that is a big win, you know, for that to happen. Michelle, you yes, because I don't know how many times, you know, I've seen clients do that. Like you're looking at their balance sheet and they have all this sales tax payable on there, but then you look on the P&L and they have sales state tax expense because they've been writing a check and paying it over there as an expense, you know. So this mm -hmm. is a cool tool and does save a lot of time. Exactly. Um, and each of these tools um, has a very robust, you know, how does this work? Um, so anytime that you had a question in the desktop, if you click on the how, to, how does it work, um, well, that's not very helpful. <laughs> but <laughs> let me go into another one here. And so while you're doing that, Dan, um, somebody says uh, six undeposited funds and six sales tax payment. Is that only an enterprise? No, those are part of the client data review tools. There's like 13 tools in desktop. They're all part of CDR, client data yeah. review. So you only have a few of them in QuickBooks Online at this point. We're hoping to get more. But you have all of those tools in um, CDR when you're using it as the external accountant in QuickBooks Desktop Accountant and in QuickBooks Enterprise. Yeah, the only time you don't have all of those tools is when you are logged in as the external accountant in a client's pro or premier. Uh, you don't have every tool uh, that's in the CDR itself, but um, you do have a lot of the a lot of them. You know, so if you if you find that there's a tool missing, that's the case of okay, well, I need your company file for a second, or you, if you bring your laptop that has the accountant edition, you restore it in your accountant edition to have all those tools. But the uh, the how this works um, is fills in a lot of the the back end what it actually does. Uh, so any tool that you log into that has that how to, how is this works tool, it will bring up just the information about that particular tool to get a little more information about about the tool itself. Um, in the in the CDR itself or the client data review, um, you have notes that you can take for every um, every particular task, and then you can also specify that it's in progress. So it's a great way to just kind of work through um, reviewing a a client's uh, books in general. Um, even if it doesn't do, if you're not doing all of these things, it, it's a good checklist to kind of work with. Um, now, the next one we want to talk about is a troubleshooting inventory, uh, because that is a big, um, what's the word I'm looking for? It's it's just a, a Pandora's box <laughs> sometimes for a lot of people where it's, oh, I don't want to necessarily get into that sort of thing. But this um, this is going to allow you to uh, to show items that fell below uh, zero quantities and, uh, and and be able to correct those things. So you have the ability to uh, filter by um, you know if you just want to see the transact or the uh, the items that that fell in a negative that have a negative quantity, you know then you would just uncheck these. Um, if your quantity built versus bought is, is zero. Um, so these are assembly items. Uh, so these will allow you to to get rid, you know, to correct these things. Because um, negative quantity is just, it's a bad idea. <laughs> and um, it, it uh, it's not a situation that you want to, to, to get into. So if you do have an, uh, an item that did go negative, then you want to correct that. And it's very easy to do that because it just gives you the point of adjusting the value of inventory on hand. You can get to the inventory adjustment screen right there, put in your adjustment date so that it doesn't fall uh, negative during that time. And then QuickBooks then is much, much more happier um, with, with regards to negative inventory. Yeah, and Dan, let me just add to that. So if you close that window, down in the bottom right corner do you see where it says alert if the if it's negative inventory as of a certain date you don't just want to know if it's negative inventory at year end you want to know if it was negative inventory at any time 
during the period. So anytime during the year did we go to negative inventory because when you have negative inventory, like Dan says, it messes things up, it actually can get the cost of goods sold wrong because it tries to guess what the cost should be. Or when you do an invoice, there may not be any cost of goods sold associated with it at all. So you really want to, when you're looking for negative inventory, change that down the bottom right to at any time during the range. Yeah, and it will give you the um, the negative quantity alert here if it ever did that, so you can kind of drill in on, on the valuation uh, detail to see when it went negative, yeah. and then you can just make and, that adjustment for that one item if you needed to. Well, and sometimes all you have to do is change the date. They may have sold, the, mm -hmm. they may not have gotten the, the inventory, the bill for the inventory entered and on time or something like that so you may just have to change the date of the the purchase to make it before the sale um, sometimes that's all you have to do to fix it but yes clicking on that over there to see the history so you can see what happened and then you can drill down the transaction if you need to change the date because um, a lot of times that's all you have to do yeah and this isn't uh, just an enterprise feature again this is um, this is something that as long as you have a inventory turned on uh, this this tool should be there in the client data review. This is an awesome tool. I know it looks like really overwhelming, mm -hmm. but I this this was one of the tools that we helped with in when I was on the accountant posse. And uh, you know it was really hard when it comes to troubleshooting inventory because there's so many different things that can be wrong. So I thought the engineers came up with a pretty good way to do this um, to help us find things and stuff. So. I think it's an awesome tool. If you have clients with inventory, you definitely want to use this to help you look for things. Um, somebody asked a question about does QB for Mac have any of these? And unfortunately, no, because there's not an accountant edition for Mac, uh, but they can send you their Macintosh file. Uh, you can bring it into your Windows version, and then you can run these, run these tools and then send it back to them after that. So it's a round tripping uh, type of issue where you gotta get the file from them, bring it into your Windows version, run your client data review, and then back to back to the client. So here, here's a good question quickly. Um, somebody says they're using TeamViewer to remotely get into the client's computer. Does desktop mm -hmm. have a way to do this without TeamViewer? They used to have something, yeah. but that's gone now, isn't it, Dan? Yeah, they, they used to have a partnership with uh, WebEx, um, yeah. where it was uh, the the QuickBooks Remote uh, Desktop. You could set it up as a as a client um, for either the full ver you know full computer access or just QuickBooks. Um, but uh, yeah, that was I think this uh, back in 2014 or so was uh, when they dissolved that that partnership. They just uh, Right. People weren't uh, weren't weren't adopting it as much as uh, as much as they had hoped. <laughs> all right, we're going to just uh, end the webinar and uh, thank you all for joining us here. Sorry about the, the technical issues that we had, but um, these things are going to be available um, for review. Uh, hopefully, it, uh, the sound gets cleared up a little bit, but we'll uh, we'll see how the recording turns out. Uh, hope you guys have a great day and thanks for joining us. We hope you enjoyed listening to the QB Power Hour podcast. If you have any questions, feel free to ask them in our Facebook group. You can find those resources and much more at qbpowerhour.com.